The Outlook. We are nearing the close of the Earth's history. We have before us a great work, the closing work of giving the last warning message to a sinful world. There are men who will be taken from the plow, from the vineyard, from various other branches of work, and sent forth by the Lord to give this message to the world. The world is out of joint. And as we look at the picture, the outlook seems discouraging. But Christ greets with hopeful assurance the very men and women who cause us discouragement. In them he sees qualifications that will enable them to take a place in his vineyard. If they will constantly be learners through his providence, he will make them men and women fitted to do a work that is not beyond their capabilities. Through the impartation of the Holy Spirit, he will give them power of utterance. Many of the barren, unworked fields must be entered by beginners. The brightness of the Savior's view of the world will inspire confidence in many workers who, if they begin in humility and put their hearts into the work, will be found to be the right men for the time and place. Christ sees all the misery and despair of the world, the sight of which would bow down some of our workers of large capabilities with a weight of discouragement so great that they would not know how even to begin the work of leading men and women to the first round of the ladder. Their precise methods are of little value. They would stand above the lower rounds of the ladder saying, Come up where you are. But the poor souls do not know where to put their feet. Christ's heart is cheered by the sight of those who are poor in every sense of the term, cheered by his view of the ill-used ones who are meek, cheered by the seemingly unsatisfied hungering after righteousness, by the inability of many to begin. He welcomes, as it were, the very condition of things that would discourage many ministers. He corrects our erring piety, giving the burden of the work for the poor and needy in the rough places of the earth to men and women who have hearts that can feel for the ignorant and for those that are out of the way. The Lord teaches these workers how to meet those whom he wishes to help. They will be encouraged as they see doors opening for them to enter places where they can do medical missionary work. Having little self-confidence, they give God all the glory. Their hands may be rough and unskilled, but their hearts are susceptible to pity. They are filled with an earnest desire to do something to relieve the woe so abundantly, and Christ is present to help them. He works through those who discern mercy in misery, gain in the loss of all things. When the light of the world passes by, privileges appear in all hardships, order and confusion, the success and wisdom of God in that which has seemed to be failure. My brethren and sisters, in your ministry come close to the people. Uplift those who are cast down. Treat of calamities as disguised blessings, of woes as mercies. Work in a way that will cause hope to spring up in the place of despair. The common people are taking their place as workers sharing the sorrows of their fellow men as the Savior shared the sorrows of humanity, they will by faith see him working with them. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Zephaniah 1.14 To every work I would say, go forth in humble faith and the Lord will go with you. But watch unto prayer. This is the science of your labor. The powers of God. Work in dependence upon him, remembering that you are laborers together with him. He is your helper. Your strength is from him.
He will be your wisdom, your righteousness, your sanctification, your redemption. Wear the yoke of Christ, daily learning of him his meekness and lowliness. He will be your comfort, your rest. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 7, pages 270 to 272. The Savior knows the depths of the world's misery and despair, knows by what means to bring relief. He sees on every hand souls in darkness bowed down with sin and sorrow and pain. But he sees also their possibilities. He sees the height to which they may attain. Although human beings have abused their mercies, wasted their talents, and lost the dignity of godlike manhood, the Creator is to be glorified in their redemption. Christ rejoiced that he could do more for his followers than they could ask or think. He knew that the truth, armed with the omnipotence of the Holy Spirit, would conquer in the conquest with evil, and that the bloodstained banner would wave triumphantly over his followers. He knew that the life of his trusting disciples would be like his, a series of uninterrupted victories, not seen to be such here, but recognized as such in the great hereafter. These things I have spoken unto you, he said, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Christ did not fail, neither was he discouraged. And his followers are to manifest a faith of the same enduring nature. They are to live as he lived and work as he worked because they depend on him as the great master worker. Courage, energy, and perseverance they must possess. Though apparent impossibilities obstruct their way, by his grace they are to go forward. Instead of deploring difficulties, they are called upon to surmount them. They are to despair of nothing and to hope for everything. With the golden chain of his matchless love, Christ had bound them to the throne of God. It is his purpose that the highest influence in the universe, emanating from the source of all power, shall be theirs. They are to have power to resist evil, power that neither earth nor death nor hell can master, power that will enable them to overcome as Christ overcame.